Hey, welcome to the Resolve Podcast, episode number 36. I'm Carly Tizano, New Year's Resolution Coach, obsessed with all things goal setting, personal development, coaching, and of course, resolutions. One of my biggest goals is to help you reach yours. I'm here to provide the tools, support, and inspiration you need to reach your goals this year and every year, and to feel supported every day along the way. Today, I'm interviewing a coach friend of mine about a topic that I have wanted to talk about on the podcast pretty much since I knew I wanted to start this podcast, and that is the idea of leaving your nine to five and moving on to start something new, whether that's a new business. For some people, it looks like becoming a coach like I am or like Kelly is, and it can be a very difficult time to navigate. It's hard sometimes to determine when is the proper time to leave, how to know if you even should leave, if you should stay where you are, and Kelly has so much great insight to share. She shares tools that can help you determine what is the best path forward for you and so much powerful advice, no matter whether you are at your nine to five and you love it, or whether you're considering if something else might be the next best option for you. This is such a fun interview with Kelly Anderson. And Kelly is a certified life coach, spiritual enthusiast, and former nine to five corporate ladder climber. After navigating several massive life changes during the pandemic, Kelly experienced a soul awakening that set her on the path of fully stepping into her purpose. Through her coaching business, she helps change makers and soul-driven individuals shift from feeling stuck to thriving in their own unique version of purpose and fulfillment. So in the episode today, we talk about purpose and fulfillment and alignment, which of course is a very key word for me right now, and exactly what so much of transformation looks like and the tools that we can use in our own life to make that transformation possible. So without further ado, here is my interview with Kelly Anderson. Kelly, thank you so much for coming to share on the podcast today. Oh, Carly, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Why don't we start off with the real life round and have you share a little bit about who you are and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. It's been a super interesting journey, especially the last few years, but I'll rewind and kind of start at the beginning of my corporate career because I know we're going to dive into all things nine to five today, but I started my nine to five corporate career just out of college about 15 years ago. (laughs) And it's a career that you just, you fall into, like nobody really goes to college to become a recruiter. And so fell into recruiting, made a career out of it, figured out pretty good at it and kind of just began building my career, moving up, getting promoted, making, you know, job changes and did that for quite some time, like to the point where I had built myself enough of security around that career that it didn't feel like I had any other options. So I stayed with it because I was good at it. But I always knew that there was this little whisper begging me, nudging me that there was something more out there for me beyond just my corporate career. I was good at it. It felt financially stable, all of those things, but there was this piece of fulfillment that was missing. And so it was just a few years ago, 2019, 2020, that I really started feeling that whisper turn into a much louder voice where it was like, this is just not your purpose. This is not what you're meant to be doing long-term and it's time. But it was really scary, like feeling that voice become a little bit louder because I didn't know the how and I didn't know what was on the other side. So it was, okay, what do I do with this? And so I applied to take a sabbatical from the position that I was at. That was late 2018, early 2019. And my full intention going into that sabbatical was, explore what gets me excited. What lights me up? What are my possibilities? And that sabbatical 
provided like so much more in terms of an awakening beyond just my career than what I anticipated. Like in conjunction with me, like struggling with this question of what is my purpose? What do I do? I was also going through this kind of idea that my marriage was crumbling as well and pairing all of these big life things at once. It was like, all right, the universe really wants me to move right now. Like it's time to shift into something better. And fast forward through pandemic, I had made a job change, wasn't fulfilled there. And it really came down to the first Monday of 2021 in January, where I just said, this is it. This is the year I leap. And so I put some blocks into place to, to be able to make the change of shifting out of my corporate career and moving into what I'm doing now, which is my, my coaching business. Yeah, that's so exciting. You have such a great story. And it's interesting to hear it develop even from years ago and to where it's led you today. It's so exciting to see. And I think it mirrors a lot of people even longer over more years. Sometimes it's a bridge just over fewer years, but that same experience of something they fell into or the door just opened and they walked through it or they had a connection. So they took a job but they still have that voice inside them that says, I want to do something more, or maybe this isn't all there is for me, or maybe it's a particular passion or desire or business that they know they want to pursue. And so it's so great to see where you have ended up and that there is hope. You can leave your nine to five. You don't have to be there forever. So other than the voice that you have inside you that says, yes, this is something you should pursue. Is there anything else that can help someone know that yes, it's time to make that change? Or is it all internal, just that voice getting louder? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think for me, beyond the intuition, which was something I really had to build a relationship with, Mm -hmm. I really had to learn how does my intuition sound and how does it speak to me? But beyond that, I think what was such a blessing about the pandemic was taking away this like day-to-day hustle of going out into the external world of leaving your house at 6am running around from meetings like all day, every day, and then getting home, going to the gym, whatever your responsibilities are. When you take away some of those external calls for hustle, it allows more time and space to really sit back with yourself and ask the question, what are my values and how is, is how I'm living my life day to day, both in my career and other aspects of my life in alignment with my values. That was the big question that I asked myself and that I would encourage, you know, listeners out there to ask is, you know, what are those top three to five values in your life? And does your career company boss job, does that align? And so when I started really asking those questions, that was the tell for me that it was like, Ooh, mm-hmm. like I'm spending 40 to 60 hours a week out of alignment with who I really am. That's a problem, but I get to do something about it too. I don't have to continue to subscribe to the problem. So it's getting really clear on that and and really understanding who you are, what your values are and finding out like, how do I get more into an alignment with that? If I'm not in alignment. That's such a great exercise to do, especially because like you said, I think some people have a hard time tapping into that intuition and it's certainly something you can develop, but if you're not there yet, but you do want to know if you're ready to make this change, that's a great exercise of what are my values and is my life in alignment with that? And it's great too, because it extends beyond work. It goes into everything else. Like you were saying, even where you're living. And if you go to the gym, like those things also tie back into the things that matter to you and what matters to you the most and whether your time is actually going there. So someone who does get that sense of my work isn't in line with my values and pursuing something else would be, is there things that they should do to help them prepare for that transition? Yeah, I think it's this blend of follow your intuition, follow your gut, but also have a plan. It's yes, you can leap and expect the universe to take care of you, but 
be strategic about it as well. There's this brain left brain thing yeah. happening. I, I would say like set intentions, like little goals for yourself around the timeline that you're hoping to make that leap. Mm -hmm. Like for me, I planned it for six months before I actually turned in my resignation. And so that allowed me the opportunity to make sure that I was in a good place financially. If I was planning to not have any income for a while after leaving my nine to five. And then I also just think, don't necessarily expect that you have to fill your schedule because when you leave your nine to five, there's going to be a big hole of time in your day. You're going to have what you perceive as a lot of free time and let that be okay but don't feel like you have to pack your schedule just because that's what you're used to. And so being able to plan a few things of, hey, here's what's on my desire list of things I would like to do once I'm you know, free from my nine to five and I've planned financially to be able to do it. So I think there's this balance of making sure you're prepared both mentally and financially, but also leaving room for possibility because a lot of the magic and a lot of the excitement around leaving your nine to five and whatever the venture is next happens in that uncertainty. So I would challenge people to not have it so planned out that you still feel like you're in the mentality of your nine to five. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's exacerbated kind of what you were saying about with the pandemic and everything. So many people are working from home already and they've already ditched their commutes. And so when they're used to sitting at their desk in front of their laptop for 40 hours a week, and then maybe they leave their nine to five and they still think whatever is next for them is going to involve sitting at their desk in front of a laptop 40 hours a week. Like it can feel pretty similar and even if you are then doing something more in line with your values, if you don't really take the time to recognize that you're not really reaping any or all of those benefits that you can gain from leaving your nine to five. So to me, I would assume that kind of leads into some common struggles that people have when they leave their nine to five. So what struggles do people have those things or other things? <laughs> those are common, right? Especially if you've been in the nine to five world for a long time, like I was there 15 years and it doesn't even matter how long you've been there, but there's this sense of almost programming from the time that we were young through our education, college, getting our first job out of college, whatever your route is, there's this sort of subconscious programming that happens that like you have to work 40 hours a week or maybe more, and it has to be nine to five and like you're on this schedule and you're at mm -hmm. the second call of your calendar. Right. And so it's easy to get in this mental trap of this is how it's supposed to be because I don't know any different. And so it's easy to get in that trap, even when you leave your nine to five, that you have to be on this like rigid schedule. That was the hardest part for me was unlearning and unprogramming mm -hmm. that aspect of being like, wow, like I actually get to create my own schedule now that feels good to me. I don't have to wake up at a specific time to be on a Zoom call at 8 a.m. Like I can you know, have a slow morning if I want to, or I can work early in the morning if I want to. So I think allowing that freedom and flexibility for yourself to figure out what are your best working hours? If it is something that you're doing that's work-related after your nine to five, like when do you best function? What, when do you have the most energy to, to give to whatever your passion or project is and not trapping yourself into that, that old schedule if you don't want to. And then the other thing is like learning to set boundaries. I know so many of us and so many of the listeners out there that are in their nine to five, it's like you're inundated all day, every day, right? With phone calls and emails that relearning how to create a boundary for yourself on when you're going to check your phone, when you're going to check social media or email. I think that's hard because it's not so in your face after you leave your nine to five. It can be, but learning how to set that, that boundary, I think is a struggle for some people. Mm, those are so great and fascinating. I can totally see how those play in 
And I think that's true of a lot of transitions that people go through having to change their perceptions about what is new. And I think even going back to the values thing, having to get used to acting in line with your values, it's surprising, but even that takes practice and tapping into yourself and the level of intentionality that requires is so interesting that we have to put so much work into that, but it's so important then when you are pursuing that path. And it, that's where so much of the rewards I think can lie for people. It's great to leave your nine to five. Obviously you and I are prime <laughs> examples of that. We love this life, but are there times when people should stay there either for a time or indefinitely for any reason? Yeah, I think it's not for everybody, right? Like I think it's, we're starting to get to a place where we're glamorizing leaving the nine to five. Right. And that may not be for everybody. To your point, like you just said, if you find that your nine to five is adding value to your life, you like what you do, you like working in corporate America or the education system, wherever you're at, that's mm -hmm. amazing. Like the world needs that. If you find that the pros are outweighing the cons, maybe it's not that you shouldn't leave your nine to five. Maybe it's just not the right time yet. Maybe if you're not financially prepared, maybe it's not the right time yet. So I think it's really going back to what we were talking about earlier is checking in with your values. Mm -hmm. And if you find that you're not out of alignment, like maybe you can stay with your nine to five and build whatever it is that you're trying to build on the side, whether it's a side hustle or a, a business or passion projects, whatever it is that you're thinking about doing, there's a ton of people that do both and value both and have a lot of fulfillment in doing both. So it's not necessarily about you have to leave your nine to five in order to pursue, you know, whatever your passions are, because a lot of people really do the value and impact that they have in that world. And we do need that. So I don't think it's for everybody to leave by any means. Yeah. And I think the values, that's such an important thing to bring to the table once again, because so many people are able to live out their values in a corporate job or at their nine to five, or they can use something like a side hustle to just extend their values or to supplement values and explore them in a different way. If they feel like some needs are being met at their nine to five. And that's so true. And that's such a great way to even do that exercise to then affirm your decision or your belief that you should stay where you are, because owning that decision is so much more powerful then just letting that like, well, maybe I should leave. Maybe this isn't quite for me. Those questions floating out around there in the ether when you can just instead own that you are intentionally deciding to stay where you are and that you are able to live out the life that you want or to express your values in that way is so powerful. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head right there. If you are intentionally choosing to stay because that is the best decision for you. Perfect. That's great. Where it starts getting a little gray and where I would actually ask somebody to start looking at their values is when you feel like you're at the mercy of your nine to five, mm -hmm. when you feel like you need your nine to five for whatever reason, security, financial, if you feel like you're at the mercy of it because of X, Y, Z reason, benefits or, or what have you, like that's when you should really start asking the hard questions of yourself. Is this the only thing that's keeping me here? And if that's the case, like how can I go create safety and security and financial stability elsewhere in a place that I might be more fulfilled. And so that's a lot of deep work and probably like for a, a whole other episode, it's when you feel like you have to be there is when the kind of like light bulb starts going off a little bit. Okay. And that ties into my next question, because I think a lot of people, or maybe everyone who thinks they want to leave their nine to five or is ready to do so feels scared or apprehensive about that change and everything that's going to come along with it. And I think part of what you're saying is you have to accept that, accept that there will be fear and apprehension, just a change that is going to occur. And a reason that a lot of people wouldn't lean into that is because of those reasons of the benefits or having a steady paycheck and being afraid of being without those things might be a reason that someone convinces themselves to stay. And they may not realize that even the people who leave may have fears or apprehensions about the same thing. And 
that's okay. But what other advice would you give to someone who has those fears or concerns or feels at a mercy of their job and wants to leave, but is terrified at that prospect? I think it's getting to the bottom of like, where do those fears come from? What is driving that fear? Is it something that has been programmed in you for a very long time? Is it because like we're told as employees of corporate America that like we need to be there if we want financial security? Like where does that fear generate from? And is that true for you as a person? Or is that just what you're accepting without looking any further into that fear? So I think getting really honest with yourself on, is this my fear or was this just given to me. And if that's a fear that you have, like great news, you can totally reprogram that belief to be whatever you want it to be. That takes a lot of work and a lot of fucking out old systems within you right. to, to be able to, to get that. But obviously if you're supporting a family and you've got other things that, that you're responsible for, make an intelligent decision, right? Don't just burn it all to the ground and yeah. say, all right, <laughs> like I'm ready to go. But some of it requires planning, like we talked about earlier. But I think once you identify where that fear comes from and you start to like slowly but surely reprogram that, you open up capacity for yourself to then adopt new beliefs and come up with solutions on how you can move past that fear and then go create that security, that stability for yourself elsewhere outside of your nine to five. But if you continue to subscribe to that belief and that fear, then you're going to continue to, to stay there <laughs> and mm -hmm. it's going to continue to have that power over you rather than you taking your power back. So if someone is ready to take their power back, this, they believe that this change is in line with their values. They're ready to implement the new belief systems and let go of the fear. What advice do you have for them to practically make this change? Yeah. It's some of it is a little bit of a leap of faith. And I read this amazing book. Maybe you've read it as well, Carly, but the big leap um, mm -hmm. by Gay Hendricks. So that was such a catalyst in helping me get to the point of making that decision last year of trust yourself and trust that the universe will take care of you, but also like you have the ability and the power to take care of yourself. Like trust that when things get hard, because they will, it's, it's not going to be easy when you leave, like trust that you are resourceful and smart enough to like solve those problems for yourself if and when they come up. So it's really, again, we keep talking about the core values, but it's going back to yourself, like understanding who you are, what you value and trusting that connection to yourself that you can figure out what's next for you mm -hmm. and that you don't have to stay put and stay stuck if that's not where you want to be. And I would also challenge folks to shift the mindset of, oh my gosh, this is so scary to, wow, there's so many possibilities now. There's just that mindset hack of like looking at it through a different lens of what's possible now. What lights me up? How exciting, like how exciting that this is uh, an unknown risk for me. I used to be so risk adverse. I would do everything that was like super safe, super secure, like same routine every single day. And it wasn't until I started challenging myself to take little risks that it was like, oh, there's actually a lot more on the other side of risk than like clinging to safety. So I, I challenge people out there to shift the mindset as best they can and just embrace that uncertainty. That's such a great reminder. Okay. And then for the people who they've done all this, they've done the hard part maybe of leaving their nine to five. Now they're acting in line with their values. They're pursuing whatever it may be that they've decided is next for them. What is actually next for them? What do they need to know? Mm, that is so good. Like it could be literally anything. <laughs> I know that's, that's like the possibilities, such a, right? Such a big answer, but part of the work beyond moving beyond the fear 
of leaving is also exploring what lights you up, what feels purposeful, what feels fulfilling. It doesn't mean that the very first thing you do after you leave your nine to five has to be your purpose and boom, you've made it, you're done. It doesn't have to be that. Like you could literally make the rest of your life about pursuing purpose and evolving that purpose and finding what lights you up. And it doesn't have to be the same thing for several years to come. It could be, Hey, I want to travel for a year or, Hey, I want to start my own business or, Hey, I want to stay home and raise a family. There's so many things that this could mean for somebody. So being able to create the white space or even the boredom, as I like to say, to explore that, sit with that. Because oftentimes when you're in your nine to five, you don't have that free space, that, that energetic like ability to just sit and be with yourself and explore what lights you up and what makes you happy. So sometimes it's like necessary to leave that nine to five to be able to take that time to go explore that and then pursue it. Like, you'll know, once you find the thing that lights you up, the energy will feel different. You'll find out like this thing sparks me versus this thing drains me. And you'll be able to really get good at identifying what those things are and just really be conscious and take note of what is that thing that sparks you and start aligning yourself with the things that spark you more and more, whether it's people, activities, business ideas, it doesn't matter. Continue to align yourself with that energy of of spark. Mm, I love that. And because we've talked so much about values and that's what so much of all of this is all about, but can you share the values that you determined you were seeking or that would be most in alignment for you that led you to leave your nine to five to pursue something different? Cause I think that's something that a lot of people are unaware of. They're like, what does a value mean? Is it, is that just like love and peace or those values, or is it something deeper? Is it a mission statement? So can you share the ones that you discovered were most in alignment for you that led to this transition? Yeah. So my top three, the three Fs, freedom, fulfillment, and family. Hmm. Freedom for me means that I get to choose how I want to spend my days and how I want to spend my time and where I want to direct my energy. That doesn't mean that I I expect to enjoy every moment of the day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but it means that I get to choose how I want to wake up and be very intentional about my day and what I'm doing to spend that day, who I'm spending it with, what kind of projects I'm working on. That ultimately is what freedom means to me. Fulfillment is I want to wake up with purpose and I want to wake up feeling excited about what's to come in that day and what I'm creating for myself and for my community. And it means that at the end of the day, I don't want to feel drained and discouraged. Mm. It means that I want to feel complete. I want to feel like, wow, I made a difference today and I did something to push the needle forward today. I can rest tonight and feel good about my day. So that's, that's fulfillment. And then family, like, I'm super close with my family, with my partner, like having that time with the people that are closest to me is so important. And when I want to spend time with them, I want to have it be my best self, my best, most authentic energy. And the only way that I can do that is if I'm spending my day in a state of energy that is fulfilling and allows freedom. So it like, it's cyclical, it all Mm -hmm. bundles together, but those are really the top three values that played into my decision to leave and, and for me to pursue the venture that I'm on now. I love those. And the three F's that's so creative and it's so helpful to can conceptualize it that way. Okay. Well, I want to move into the resolution round and we're going to talk about goals and resolutions and all the fun stuff related to that. So to start off, do you set goals or resolutions? And if so, what's that process like for you? 
Mm, yes. So I don't typically call them resolutions. I would say um, at the beginning of every year, I set an intention list and I think about like really all the main aspects of life, like career, family, home life, travel, things like that. I'm a very curious person. So oftentimes it's around like trying new things. There's usually like a new workout that I want to try every year or a new place I want to travel. So constantly feeding myself with new things. So I'll usually start with that list of intentions of, okay, what do I, what do I see myself doing this year or being this year? And then from there, I typically create a vision board, which over the last couple of years, I've really grown to love that process of creating the vision board and sitting with the intentions that go along with that vision board and then using that vision board as a guidance throughout the year of decisions that I want to make and aligned action that I want to take. And then usually halfway through the year, I sit and do like a recalibration with myself of, okay, how is it going? Check-in time, like what's working, what's not working, what adjustments do I want to make? And so it's less about like, all right, if I'm not achieving the goal, then I'm failing. It's more about, all right, what detours should I be making for myself right now? What makes more sense for me? So that's usually how I I set up my years for myself. Mm. I love that. Let's talk about a little bit more, a little bit more about the vision board, because I think most people are familiar with the idea, but I don't know that I've had anyone on the podcast who has talked about creating a vision board in their own life. So I'm curious, do you use Pinterest or I know old fashioned, like snip it out of a magazine or what is that process like for you of curating those ideas and images? Yeah, mine is digital. I keep it like it's right behind us on this Zoom call. Right oh, great. Now. Like it's sitting on my backdrop. I keep it on my phone. So I will just go find images either on Google or Pinterest or pictures that I've even taken out and about. Things that I feel are in alignment with who I'm becoming. I have different categories for my business, my health, my family, travel, what have you. And I will find images that really speak to me on where I'm looking to go from a personal development, spiritual development Mm -hmm. standpoint. And like I said earlier, who I'm becoming. And as I put those images on there, like they're very intentional. It's not just, Hey, I want a Range Rover. It's more like, all right, I see this for myself and my business. This feels really edgy to me, but I know I want to do this with my business. I'm going to put it on here. And Every day I'm going to look at this and meditate with it and put myself in the alignment of who that person is, that woman in the future that's doing this thing with her business. So you have to really interact with it. If you're new to vision boarding, it's not just put some pictures on a board and slap it up and look at it 12 months later. Like you really have to intentionally interact with it and get into alignment with how you feel once you're the person that has those things or those ideas or whatever that is that's on your board. Yeah, absolutely. What is the biggest goal that you set and completed? And did it come from your vision board? Yes, it did actually. Awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. Last year was, and we talked about it earlier, but last year, my biggest goal was to leave my corporate job. If you would have told me three years ago that I'd be leaving my corporate job and starting my own business, I would have been like, yeah, <laughs> no way I could ever do that. I am incapable of once I created that vision board last year, the, the biggest thing on there was to be able to leave. And I didn't have a plan. I didn't necessarily know that I wanted to start my coaching business. It was ruminating a little bit, but that was probably the biggest thing that I set out for myself and actually got to a place where I was ready to follow through with it. That's so great. What goal or goals are you working on now? That's a great question. There's a few things. A couple of them are business related. So I'm looking to grow my my coaching practice this year beyond just my one-on-one clients that I'm working with, which I absolutely love. I'm looking at some new offerings that I want to bring to the table. 
possible, hopefully by the end of the year. And then I have a lot of personal goals just in um, the life that I'm building with my partner and the future family that we want and living location. We're having a lot of conversations around where we want to take uh, that next step for us personally. And then I'm also working on just building a new network of women around me. So really looking to call in some new soul sisters and friends that are on a similar journey that really soak in self-development and are looking to go deeper with a friendship. So those are the main things that I've been focusing on goal-wise. Those are beautiful. And are they all reflected in your vision board? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) So every week on the podcast, we encourage listeners to resolve to consider something or experiment or take some action. So what would you encourage listeners resolve to do? This is a good one. I would encourage folks listening out there to resolve to come home to themselves. Mm. And so whatever that means to them, maybe it means taking a look at what's no longer in alignment. Maybe that's a job. Maybe that's people in your life. Maybe that's activities or hobbies that don't bring you as much joy anymore, but maybe looking at that and beginning to see how can you start to release and let those things go in order to create the space to come back to your, like your true authentic self as you are. That's a tough process, but that's my invitation to the listeners mm. is to resolve coming back to themselves. And that's so great because it doesn't mean you have to leave your nine to five job. And it doesn't mean you have to start something new, but it's that process and journey of either moving in the direction that you want to, or really settling into the place where you are. And either way, it's such a powerful process to go through. Yeah. It's really tough to make those kinds of big decisions, right? Leaving your nine to five or or other big life decisions, unless you really know who you are at your core. Otherwise you're constantly chasing something on the outside for that fulfillment, for that purpose. And you're going to consistently find yourself feeling really empty and still disconnected from yourself. If you don't come back to that core first, you have to really make sure that those decisions are in alignment with that true authentic self. Mm -hmm. Because even if you do leave your nine to five, if you don't take the time to determine what your values are and how you can pursue them outside of that, then whatever you do next or whatever you pursue probably isn't just going to happen to coincide with those things unless you take the time to determine what they are and intentionally cultivate that. Exactly. Yep. So great. And listeners know that I love this conversation so much because alignment is my word of the year. So this is of course, very in alignment with that. And it's been a great word. So anyone else who needs an intention idea, that's one that I would (laughs) definitely suggest. (laughs) Love that. Okay. I have some confetti questions. So these are just for fun so that we can get to know you a little bit better. What time do you normally get up? Oof. Usually it's between 7.15 and 7.30 on weekdays. Okay. Yeah, that's great. When do you do your best work? Mid-morning and sometimes in the evening, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes the brain like kind of percolates on those ideas all day and then has all kinds of stuff we can do in the evening. What mm-hmm. is the best piece of advice you've been given? Ooh, the best piece of advice. I have a mentor that I've worked with the last couple of years. And she always says, if the vision is in you, it is for you. And it took me a while to really sit with that, to, to fully like embody, believe in that. And it ties back to, to the vision board conversation. But if you have this vision for yourself, this dream, this idea, like that wasn't planted there just sporadically for no reason. Like your brain, your heart is wanting to go there for a reason. And that's something to really look at and pursue. 
It doesn't mean it's going to turn out exactly as you envision it. It may be better, but yeah, ultimately if the vision is in you, it's for you. So how do you align yourself with getting to that point? And that's so powerful because when you have that belief, then you believe that those things that you want are possible for you. Even if you don't know the how, like you were talking about way at the very beginning, and that's ultimately what you need in order to do everything. Cause if you don't believe it's possible for you, that is definitely going to be the first hurdle you have to overcome. Yeah. And getting into that belief is ultimately what opens the door for the how to take place. Mm -hmm. If you're stuck on the how and so stuck on like trying to believe, you're going to create a lot of friction for yourself. And so the, the fun part is being able to surrender to let the how play out how it's meant to play out. That's a tough one to shift to, but it feels good once you finally get there. And that's another thing I loved about this conversation is it wasn't like save up six months of living expenses and then put in a two week notice, but don't tell anyone before that. Like it's not all just a step-by-step process because when you leave, it's not a step-by-step process because like you said, the possibilities are endless. So you Mm -hmm. can't really give a prescriptive plan for anyone else. It's really the journey of figuring that out. And that's really what it's all about anyway. Totally. And making that fun for yourself. Like it doesn't have to be, uh, sure. It it can be stressful, but what if it was meant to be fun? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's something I've dove into recently with a lot of clients. This is what you want. Why aren't we having fun? How can we make it fun? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Normally our aligned life doesn't involve a lot of boring stuff that we hate. So (laughs) (laughs) we have to remind ourselves of that though. We're here to have fun. If we're not like, let's take a look at that, you know? Yeah, exactly. So what do you do to rest? Ooh, I am someone that needs a lot of downtime and a lot Mm. of alone time. I am such a homebody, which is kind of surprising, especially after being home for a lot of the last two years, but I really like being in my home. It's, it's my sacred space. It's where I feel most relaxed, most at ease, most calm. And so being home, journaling, reading, watching movies, my boyfriend and I love playing our Nintendo Switches. So oh. that's a little bit of like inner child work, <laughs> but anything that's related to being a homebody is usually how I get my rest. And that's how I recharge. I love that too. That's something that I did some work on myself recently, because I feel like there's this societal expectation that like you are supposed to want to go out and have adventures and enjoy hiking. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. And not that I don't enjoy them sometimes, but I'm definitely a homebody too. And just taking that time to realize for myself that my home is something I've intentionally created and that I have generated the space so that I do enjoy being here. So why do I feel like I should rather be somewhere else when this is the place I want to be? And I can be happy and proud and content with that rather than trying to push myself out the front door. Yeah. I think some of that, like you said, comes from society and especially with social media, right? Like for the longest time we were seeing like people going out and going on vacations and taking all these like fabulous pictures. And that's great. If that brings you fulfillment and happiness, like no problems Mm -hmm. with that. And I love some of that stuff too, but it creates this like inadvertent pressure that like, if we're not doing that, then we're somehow like falling behind or we're not good enough or whatever these like worthiness stories are that come up. But if you feel like your most authentic self and you're most fulfilled when you are at home, like having a quiet evening, like what's wrong with that? That's beautiful. That's Mm -hmm. a beautiful thing. Yeah. And when we're missing that, like how much we feel like we are missing the times when you don't feel safe in your home or you don't feel comfortable in your home or when you'd rather be somewhere else. I know for me, like those are generally the seasons that have felt the most unsettled for me and where there was a lot of work I had to do in a lot of areas in order to reach that place. So it's such a joy to be in a season where I do love being home and being with myself and and just enjoying the life that I've created. Yeah, absolutely. What is your favorite beverage? Ooh, 
What is it these days? Oh, gosh, I, funny enough, I used to hate this for the longest, but over the last few months, I've really come to enjoy boba tea. There is this boba tea shop in my neighborhood that is like second to none. We've made friends with the owner there and he is incredible. He makes the best boba in town. So mm. anyone in Portland, Oregon, like fantastic tea down the street is fantastic. So yeah, boba tea. That's awesome. We just had one open in my neighborhood too, after me complaining for months about the fact that there were none. So I'm very happy. <laughs> I agree with you on that. What about favorite TV show? This has evolved over time because I feel like I go through these seasons of, I don't watch any TV and then I'll have a weekend or two where I binge. So I don't know if there's a favorite, but I just watched The Dropout on Hulu, which was a story of Elizabeth Holmes and that whole saga. So that was just like a fun, semi-mindless, just binge sort Mm -hmm. of show, but that was a fascinating story. Yeah. I read the book a few years ago. I think it was Bad Blood by John Carew or something. And it, so I haven't watched the show, but familiar with the story. And yeah, that is a riveting, so compelling and terrifying at parts story. And yeah, it's interesting because it's all evolving and it's happened in other industries in the years since. And it's so interesting to observe. Yeah. And Amanda Seyfried, who I think plays Elizabeth Holmes in it, she did such a phenomenal job. Every little like mannerism down to the T. So yeah, that was a good one. What book has had the greatest impact on your life? The Big Leap. Like we talked about, gosh, like really breaking it down into those various zones and really pinpointing what is my zone of genius. And then really, I would say like narrowing down what are the things that are preventing me from taking big risks? I mean, not even big risks, small risks too, like getting really clear on those. You can let it just be what it is. It doesn't have to consume you emotionally and energetically. Like you can let it just sit where it is. And once you detach from that, you're like, oh, like this isn't as big a deal as I thought it was. I can start to move past that and create new beliefs. So that book was ultimately the big catalyst for me in helping me get to a point where I was comfortable enough to make the decision. I just feel like there's so many good nuggets in that book. Yeah. And that's a great example too, of sometimes it's just the right book at the right moment. Because I I know for a lot of people, like if they're not in the midst of a transition or considering the, the big leap that's next for them, it's one that maybe they would just read and put back on the shelf. But when you are, that's such a powerful book because it's just, it's speaking to you exactly where you're at. Yep. Exactly. You have to be ready for it. So what books are you currently reading? I'm just finishing up Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, Another good one. That also is a book that I've known about for a while. It was on the shelf for a while. It wasn't really calling to me because I just felt, "Eh, I don't know. And me reading it over this past month, it just like you said, it's like divine timing. This is exactly what I needed because a lot of what she's talking about is pursuing ideas and allowing your creativity to, to bubble up to the surface. And that's exactly what I needed to hear at this moment of my business and my life. So um, highly recommend. That was a great read. Yeah. That one, she has the story about having the book idea and then she doesn't write the book and then her friend does. I use that story as an example all the time. It's so compelling. Oh my gosh. I was talking to another coach friend of mine and we were just like both in awe that something like that would happen, but we're like, oh, of course, this is just how the universe works. These ideas do hop from person to person. And so it's not to put pressure on to say, hey, once you have the idea, put it out there or else somebody else is. It's not to create that competition. It's more to create this trust within yourself that your ideas mean something. Like how often do we have something come to the surface of our mind where we're like, "Mm, nah, like I'm not going to pursue that or 
that's a dumb idea, or I'm not good enough for that. So often we tell ourselves that, but it's like, what if it actually is something that's worth pursuing and it's going to make the difference to just one other person out there in the world? So that was such a cool story. Yeah. I think of that one all the time. I think all my friends have heard me tell that story. Since you brought that book up, I'm tempted to go back and reread it because it, it's so inspiring. What is a win that you're currently celebrating that we can toast with you? What's a win? There's probably a few things, but I am super excited about the masterclass that I recently hosted called um, Unlock Your Purpose. Mm. And that was something that I never could have imagined myself delivering a year ago. So getting to this point now in my business where I'm like so excited, like Elizabeth says in Big Magic, like getting my ideas out there and being able to convey those to my audience is so exciting. And it was a free masterclass. I had, you know, probably like 30 people attend and the feedback that came in was so powerful. And so I'm just like feeling so humbled and so grateful that so many people resonated with the content around unlocking your purpose. And so I'm excited to create more from there and continue to to serve my audience in that way. But that was something that felt really good, especially when even just a few people saying that that shifted their entire perspective around what purpose is. Like that's when I know I'm like, okay, I'm aligned with where I need to be right now. We'll definitely toast that with you. That's very exciting. And where can people go to find more information about you and your work and all the amazing things you're doing? Yes. So I am best found on either Instagram, which is I am Kelly Anderson or on LinkedIn, uh, which is linkedin.com forward slash Kelly Anderson coaching. I hang out on those platforms all the time. And right now I'm looking to expand my one-on-one coaching business. So I'm taking on clients there. And then later in the year, I'm going to be developing a new offering. And so more to come on that. Not a whole lot to share just yet, but stay tuned on my social media pages for what is to come there. Kelly, thank you so much for coming on to share about leaving your nine to five, what that was like for you, advice for other people considering the same thing and just so much about values and intentionality and alignment, which all resonates, of course, very strongly with me and I'm sure will with our audience as well. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Carly. It was an absolute pleasure. That's a wrap on my interview with Kelly Anderson. I hope that you will go through a lot of the exercises that we talked about, that you will determine exactly what the best path forward is for you. That may be staying at your nine to five job, climbing up the corporate ladder. And if so, that is fantastic. And it may be diving into a new adventure of working for yourself, running a small business, starting something new, or it could be some hybrid combination of those things. Whatever it is, I just hope that you make the decision by determining what values are most in alignment for you what values you want to be living out in your life. And in this case, or in this context, the values that you want to be living out through the work that you do. A couple months ago on the podcast, we talked about the hierarchy of values way back in episode 23, which was all about intentional living and a tool that I use to help my clients determine what values are highest priority for them. So if you need a bit of help determining (laughs) what values are most important for you, then definitely check out that episode and dive in to this very important work that not only influences our work life, but every other part of our life as well. And it's when you are living out your values, I think that you really are living in alignment and acting intentionally. And it's such a powerful place to be. And it's a very fun place to be as well as Kelly and I talked about. I hope you enjoyed this episode from Kelly and no matter where you are, I hope that you are living in alignment. With that, thanks for tuning in to the Resolve Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Carly Tizano. I would love to connect with you. Don't forget to rate and review. It really helps other people find the show. And subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss another great episode next week. For the show notes or additional support in reaching your goals, check out carlytizano.com. 
Until next time, here's to all that lies ahead.